from recruiting and consulting firm Riderflex. I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your Riderflex podcast episode of the day. Aaron Curley on the Riderflex podcast. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing I'm doing well, thanks. Awesome. Thank you for being on the show. I'm interested to get into your your story on Lugless because I hate checking my bags at the airport, so I want to hear all about it. But before we get into it, tell us about yourself personally. Give the listener a little overview, you know, where you grew up, some family stuff. Sure. Okay. Um, so I was born and raised in Massachusetts. Uh, I'm still in Massachusetts. I actually live in a coastal town about 13 miles south of Boston. I don't hear the, uh, where's the accent. How come we don't have the thick accent? Where was that? Because <laughs> so I was born in Western Mass, and now I'm in Eastern Mass, where all the Boston accents are. So oh, I never okay. picked that up as a kid. But um, yes. so yeah, and so I I live with my wife. I have three boys that are all under ten. And then uh, a new puppy. So it's pretty busy around my hands. <laughs> yeah, it's busy. There's not yeah. a lot of free time. You don't have a lot of free time right now. That, that is for sure. And so, um, yeah, I mean, so I, I met my co-founder, Zeke Adkins. Uh, when we were in our early teens, we both attended Deerfield Academy, which is a prep school in Western Mass. And that's where we met. Um, okay. I went on to... Uh, get a degree in manufacturing engineering from Boston University. Um, and I've always really had, I would say like a passion for figuring out more efficient ways to do things. Um, and so after graduation, I actually spent four years working as a business consultant with uh, Accenture. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Anderson Consulting and then it switched to become Accenture. Um, you know, before I made the jump into entrepreneurship and started, you know, I teamed up with Zeke, uh, who I'd known for since we were teenagers at that point. And, you know, we we started focusing on figuring out how to improve the way people travel. And where, where did that bug come from, that entrepreneurial bug? I mean, were your parents, were his parents or your parents? Did somebody own their own business? Like, where did that, that come from? Yeah, I mean, so, well, so... Zeke was working for a venture capital firm at the time. So he was, he, he had his eye on a lot of entrepreneurial activity, but I come from a family. Uh, it, my dad was an entrepreneur. His dad was an entrepreneur there. Well, they were both like architects and they were in the construction world, but they both ran their own businesses. And then, okay. I, I mean, both of my brothers are entrepreneurs. So I think it's a little bit in my blood. Yeah. So, so early on you're calling Zeke saying, look, man, I want to own, let's own our own thing. I don't want to be an employee my whole life. Yeah. You're yeah we were both. Yeah. Yeah. Our, you know, the first thing we did is we actually bought a condo and remodeled that. That was our first little entrepreneurial <laughs> adventure that went okay. And then, you know, we, we, we threw around a lot of ideas before we landed on shipping luggage. Who came up, who came up with the luggage? Were you at the airport one day and you're like, damn, this is a pain in the ass or how'd that happen? Yeah, I mean, so this was back in like 2004 when we started talking about it. And back then the airlines, it was basically free to check bags. I remember um, that. I remember those days. Yeah, back in the day. So so everyone had a ton of luggage, of course. And the, they had these aging airport systems and they were losing bags left and right. And mm -hmm. it was always in the news how, you know, the, the on-time percentage of baggage, you know, was, they were struggling. And so we kind of created... Uh, our first luggage shipping company, Luggage Forward, as as a as an answer to that problem. Okay, so all right, so th at that time, did it take a lot of capital to get it going? Did you talk to us about how you got started and how you survived, 
when you quit Accenture. I want to know about the early days. How'd you get it going? Talk about talk to me about that. Yeah. So um, we we started it with we basically ran the business on a shoestring for about two years. So it was it was a bit of a challenge. We you know we had some money saved up that we lived off of for a while, and then okay. we ended up you know we we eventually started making some money. Uh, not a lot though. Um, so in two thousand uh, in two thousand six we actually raised a, a series A round of funding oh. um, from from basically it was it was more of like a like an angel round from okay. professional investors uh they everyone who invested were sort of vc guys that just our our business didn't fit into their funds so they invested privately ah okay and all uh, right but you guys kept control you're still in control i hope we kept control and and by 2000 i think 13 we had actually bought back all the equity that we gave up when we raised money so oh, wow. so we're so we're now 50 50 owners of the business again oh so together you own 100 nice job yeah yeah so we hung on to it well and then walk us through the 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 luggage forward into lugless transition and and give us the overview of lugless as it stands today okay um so first of all lugless is uh we like to say it's a cost competitive alternative to checking luggage when you travel. Okay. Um, and so Lug Lugless uh, sort of relies heavily on technology to make it uh, seamless uh, and cost effective to uh, ship your lug with luggage with UPS or FedEx um, for less than the cost of checking. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, in so in 2005, we launched Luggage Forward. Okay. Um, and luggage forward was sort of always unapologetically premium. It came at a high price point. And so, you know, the, the market for that was limited to sort of your luxury leisure travelers, um, uh, who weren't very cost conscious. People, people flying from Boston to, to, to Aspen to go skiing and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. A lot of that. Yes. A Aspen's a, pr a big destination for luggage forward. So, um, and we, yeah, so those people, you know, that's a small market. Um, but we, we did a lot of handholding and developed some, you know, really strong business doing that. Um, and, uh, but we always thought that like luggage shipping would appeal to the mass market. And so, um, in 2014, we acquired Lugless. Lugless had been on Shark Tank, um, but uh, it didn't raise any money. Um, you know, the sharks didn't invest, uh, but it built some really nice brand equity from being on Shark Tank. Um, okay. This okay. was around the time when other innovative travel services like Airbnb and Uber and Kayak were really starting to change the way people traveled. And so we relaunched Lugless uh, after building technology from the ground up with the goal of making it cheaper and easier to ship luggage than it is to check. And that's how Lugless stands today. So Lugless today, is it like an app for me to, to, to download on my phone or walk me through it? Yeah, uh, no, it's not an app. It's so we have a website um, and you, I mean, it's pretty simple. So you go, you go on our website um, and enter your origin and destination, similar to how you'd book an airline ticket. Um, you choose the bags that you want to ship. Um, and then you can, uh, you print a shipping label and you can drop it off at, you know, at 
any UPS or FedEx location, or we can also dispatch them to your home to pick it up directly from your home. Uh, the next time you see your luggage, it's at your hotel, or if you're traveling to like an Airbnb or something, we can have it held nearby for collection when you arrive in town. Okay, so let me make sure I get this straight. I can go to lugless.com. I can sign up, print off my stuff. FedEx will come to my house, pick up my baggage. When I get to my hotel they'll, and I check in at the lobby, they're going to have my bags. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Why wouldn't everybody do it that way? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, the reason why I think is because it's really hard to cha change people's behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's been a challenge of ours for years. People are really ingrained and, you know, packing last minute and hauling your bags to the airport with you, uh, waiting in the check-in line and at <sighs> the carousel. When you, when you ship your luggage, you kind of have to plan a little ahead because uh, most people don't want to pay for an overnight service. You know, they're going to want to send it three or four days ahead of time. Okay. Um, and then, but, but the second you ship your luggage, you, that you, you sort of like your stress level diminishes because like all you have to do is get yourself to the airport and right. get on your flight at that point. And right. so you got to, you got to pack anyway, uh, whether you pack, couple days before your flight or at midnight the night before i mean it's it's the same process uh so the, so the only catch is that you have to ship your bags a little earlier instead of day of that's it that's the only yeah catch. we don't have a day of so we we have an overnight service uh that's more expensive that's not cost competitive with checking bags um okay. you really need to look at like our three-day service to get cost competitive with checking a bag can I get the three-day service and FedEx pick it up my pick it up at my house without me as cheap as I can checking it at the airport? Uh, yes, you can. Yeah, the 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 pickup charge uh, is between three and six dollars, so it's pretty cheap to have them. Wow, wow! I can check my bags. I can send my bags three days ahead of time. Now the hotel doesn't mind it staying there for a day or whatever. You're not getting pushback from the hotels. They're not like, hey, we're not we're not baggage so storage or whatever. No. Yeah. I mean, there's some like the, it's funny the the big hotels on like the Vegas strip yeah, uh, charge fees and stuff to hold your luggage, but the majority of hotels will just hold it for you. And when you, ch when you check in at the hotel, you, you know, they'll say, Oh, we have, we have a package for you. Should we bring it up to your room or would you like to wait here and we can hand it off to you? Yeah. Well, can you get the, can you get the hotel people to like put it in my room for me? So I don't even have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's room. usually, that's what they want to do usually. Cause they, yeah, yeah. So they'll just bring it up to your room and leave it in your room. So um, yeah, wow. it works great. FedEx, I, you know, picks, I, FedEx picks it up my, at my house three days before it cost me the same amount. I get to my hotel. It's in my room. I mean, I, I don't understand why everybody's not doing that. I, that's a no brainer. Unless you're, unless you're traveling at the last minute. I just don't understand why everybody's not doing it that way. Okay. Uh, I love the service. Is there a lot of competition? Do you have any, is there a super secret formula patented information here? Is this what, what keeps you from the competitors? Um, so, well, so shipping luggage is a little more complicated than just getting a FedEx account. So, or a UPS account or whatever. So, you know, I mean, we, you know, we spent 10 years, uh, in the nitty gritty of shipping before we were even at a place where we could consider launching what Lugless is today. Um, and, uh, so yeah, but there are, there are some other companies doing, things in the luggage space, but nobody is shipping luggage for the cost of checking.
nobody's shipping what how did you get to that price point how did you get your, your well margin? that's like that's been like our focus that's like we're you know we're like obsessively focused on driving our costs down and like we you know that's that's our that's all we focus on you know we we want to make it easy and cheap easy and, and cheap and, and we're staying really focused on just those two things and you know that means that what we do doesn't appeal to everyone you know one one thing that we do to keep it affordable is we don't have a phone number you can call and chat with us about it because um, that because then you got to have employees to have those conversations <laughs> right and so you know we have really incredible information all over our site and we we do have we do have live chat um and you know you can you can reach out to us but you know our support is a little bit limited um uh yeah so there's a few things we're doing to kind of keep those costs down how do I decide whether or not to use luggage forward or lugless luggage forward is if I'm going to Aspen and I'm shipping four sets of skis and all kinds of crap or what, what's the difference? Well, there? so if, if you uh, want, um, so luggage forward is the price points uh, quite a bit higher okay. luggage forward offers a global service. So if you, if you're ah. traveling internationally, okay. uh, you, you have to use luggage forward. Okay. Um, that's really luggage Ford's core business is really international travel and traveling to cruise lines. Um, oh. <laughs> two things that there's not much of during these COVID days. So yeah, that's right. why we're focusing pretty heavily on lugless right now, but, but yeah, luggage Ford, it, those are the two sort of core focuses of luggage Ford is international and cruise. Do I, do I have like, is there like reward points? Do I, if it, can I become like a, a silver member or is there anything, anything fancy? We, we, you know, we, we've toyed with that. We, that, that's something that's sort of on our roadmap, but it keeps getting pushed down the priority list. Uh, but yeah, maybe someday, but not right now. We don't have any rewards program. Um, no. Okay. Well, you got luggage forward with better margins and lugless is, is tinier margins for you, but hopefully higher volume. That's, that's the model, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's much higher volume. Um, okay. Lugless is quite busy. Okay. I interviewed another guy. I'm not going to mention that. I don't want to, I don't want to start mentioning competitor, competitors names, but there's been another friend of mine on the podcast that owns a similar business. So I know you got competition out there, Yep. which means, you know, price reviews, efficiency, easy, ease of use. I mean, that's what matters. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's, that's what we're focusing on. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. So you've had it now for the, the entire entity you've had for how many years, 16 years? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, 2004, yeah, 16 years, yes. And now you guys own 100%. How many employees you got across the, the enterprise? Uh, we, we have just like under 50 employees. Under 50 employees. Are you looking to make another acquisition? Are you going to buy up some of these competitors? Uh, for now, we're pretty happy with the two brands and the, the market share that we have. We're, you know, we're, of course, trying to grow that, but we're, we're pretty happy with our position right now. We actually acquired seven brands over the years. So, like, we, we had quite a run of uh, industry roll-up. Um, and Lugless is the only one you've done out of those seven where you kept it as a separate brand name so far. The rest of them you Yeah, all the other brands sort of got rerouted into luggage forward and lugless was our seventh and last acquisition and we uh sort of peeled it off as its own separate uh product okay what's the long-term plan do you hope to you hope to sell this thing or is this going to be a lifestyle 
company just to, to feed your feed your grandkids for a long time? Are you guys going to flip this thing? Um, what's the plan? You know, I I had someone tell me once, uh, run it like you're going to own it forever and be ready to sell at a moment's notice. I don't know. I mean, so we're not really actively trying to sell the business. We're we're just focusing on growing it. We've got a lot of exciting ideas about how we can continue to build the brand, both brands actually. And so, you know, we're going to be doing that for a little while for the foreseeable future. I could, I could see a day when, when you don't even check a bag at the airport. I mean, it's a pain in the ass to stand in that, that bag. Oh, I know. Who, it's, it's, who wants to do that? Nobody. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Nobody likes that. That's nobody wants sure. to do it. You know, uh, same thing. I, I answer that question very similarly here for Rider Flex for our recruiting firm. They're always like, are you going to sell it someday? And I'm always like, look, man, we're just having fun running it. But you know, are we for sale? I guess I guess we're always for sale. Depends on the size. Right, of the if the deck, numbers right? right, why wouldn't you? Right. <laughs> so, okay. What was the scariest? Did you have any super scary moments for you uh, early on that you want to share? Any any uh, heartburn? Super scary? Woke up in a panic, in a sweat. Um, you got anything you yeah, want to share I, with? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you know, I would say like lugless the 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 journey for Lugless wasn't exactly how we planned it would be it, okay. um you know we 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 built some really amazing technology to power Lugless uh which is one of the ways we keep the cost low and our goal was to go out and sort of integrate with these big legacy travel companies um and although those conversations are still going on years later uh none of that has really come to fruition and this strategy hasn't quite panned out and so you know we 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 haven't grown the way we thought we would um okay but sort of on the flip side i would say uh we also i mean we ha i don't yeah so that's that's i guess what i would say our plus, biggest plus, plus you've hit i mean I'm, I'm just assuming this this year 2020 was a shit year for you so far i mean i'm, I'm guessing it wasn't as good as you wanted it to be with travel Oh, it wasn't, but it's, it's been, you know, we're one of the few travel companies that can actually say we're pretty happy with our growth this year and wow. I can explain what's going on. So, um, you know, the business was cranking along at maybe 300% year over year growth well, nice. when we bought and, and in February, which was kind of the last pre COVID month, February, 2020, it, it dropped off a cliff when you know that the world went into lockdown yep. and yep. everything stopped yeah um but by august our bookings uh had nearly tripled where they were in february really interesting yeah and so um yeah it's really fascinating i mean and during that same time the tsa screenings which is a good measure of how many people are flying uh -huh. were down like 60 percent so so we're growing 30 per three x nice. and they're down 60%. So, you know, even though fewer people are traveling, we're more relevant than ever. And our market share is growing because people see us as a way to avoid time in the airport, avoid contact points. Like yep. you yep. don't have to wait in crowds at the check-in. Like, so it actually, you know, we never set out to be a solution to something like this, but it turns out we are. I mean, your biggest problem is going to be scaling, probably. I mean, when, when travel gets back to full capacity and people are just going everywhere to events and stuff again, hell, your your problem is going to be scaling and hiring employees, I'm guessing. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that'll be a nice problem to have. We're, you know, we we are heavily invested in our technology, which which makes that a little bit easier. We also don't, we don't handle the luggage. We're relying on uh, FedEx and UPS to do most of the shipping. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't think we could ever give them so much that they would even blink, you know? So like, I don't know. Um, are you I'm margin not super concerned about scaling, uh, but but yeah, there will be some challenges if if travel comes back and people keep using us like this. It'll be it'll be an exciting time. Are, are your margins better with FedEx or, or UPS? Uh, so what we do is we we actually we sort of put them up against each other yeah, yeah. and show the cheaper of the two on our site. So mm -hmm. so. And then we just, um, we only take a few dollars for every bag that we ship. So, gotcha. gotcha. And then, and then we sell support plans, which is the other place where we make some revenue. Oh, wait, and what are, when, what are those support plans? Yeah. Give me, give me some examples. So we have four support plans. Uh, there's minimal basic, uh, um, extra and prefer and preferred preferred and extra and so um they include things like uh you can you know the some of them have that's where you, you would get like a doorstep pickup you can increase your insurance you can um get an on-time guarantee mm. uh so there's a bunch of things that like all these things that we offer in our bundles like are all just included in luggage forwards one price whereas mm. with lugless it's sort of a la carte and you choose what you you want ah okay that's where your real money's made yes that's where yeah that's where we make some money okay yeah. okay gotcha um, all right but you you can you don't need to choose a support plan you can use our minimal plan is free it's included and so you can upgrade if you want but uh the support plans are sort of optional and okay yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good. By the way, for the listeners, it's lugless.com, lugless.com or yep. luggageforward.com. Okay. Right. Either one, either one. All right. Very good. I appreciate you sharing that nice overview with me. Um, let me ask you a couple of things about being an entrepreneur uh, and being a startup founder and all that. What advice, yeah. what advice would you give uh, a, a couple of friends that want to start something that are, that are younger, you know, coming out of college, kind of like you were with your, with your buddy. Yeah. Uh, they got, an, they got an idea. What are two or three things you want to share with aspiring entrepreneurs today? Yeah. Well, I think the things that have helped me be successful as an entrepreneur, uh, the first thing is, is I teamed up with a co-founder who has very similar goals. Mm -hmm. So we're aligned in what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but we mm -hmm. each bring sort of, distinct skills to the table. Um, so this allows me to focus on things that I'm good at and parts of the business that I enjoy while he deals with the stuff that, you know, he enjoys and he's good at. Um, and, you know, that's, it, it makes it easy for me to sort of bring enthusiasm and passion to the table every day because I'm doing what I like. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I would say is that um, we, you know, you really want to build strong processes and systems around your business, which makes it easier and more effective when you delegate control to other people. Because mm. uh, you can't do everything yourself. Um, and it, I think it's natural for entrepreneurs to think that they can do everything better than everyone else. Um, right. 
But if you have really good processes and systems that people can follow, you know, chances are they can do it nearly as good as you can because you made the processes, you know, you, you came up with the way to do it. So, um, and this took me kind of a long time to figure out, but now that we've been able to delegate and, and sort of hand a lot of control over to our employees, uh, it frees up my time to really focus on innovating and making Lugless cheaper and easier than checking. Mm. So. Mm. Sounds like you and your, your co-founder get along just fine after all these years. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we do. And I think it's because we're aligned and we're, we focus on different things. And so we're not, we're not fighting over the same decisions, you know? Yeah, but there's got to be, there's had to be times where you call them and you're like, you want to tell them to take a hike for the day. There's got to be some of that in there. <laughs> yeah, it, there, there have been ups and downs, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at yeah, we've known each other for longer than we haven't. So yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're basically like family now. It's been a long do, time. Do you run it as like co-CEOs or how does that work? We are co-CEOs. The other thing that sort of helps is like, uh, we were both in Boston for probably the first eight years or so, but then he moved to Connecticut. So he's been remote since like 2000, uh, you know, for a while now. So um, I sort of run our day-to-day -day operations technology and stuff, and he oversees all of our business development and marketing. And so, um, so you're not in the same office getting on each We're not in the same office, day. which probably helps a little bit too, you know. Uh, very, very good. And there's clear separate. The employees know what you handle versus what he handles. It sounds like there's clarity there. Yeah, there's, yeah, we have really good clarity around that. Um, yeah, and, it, you know, it's really, really helpful to have. I can't imagine running a business alone because it's, you know, I mean, it's always good to have someone to run ideas mm -hmm. off of and stuff. And it, it, it's just made us, I think we make better decisions as a team than we could ever do alone. So it's, it sounds like a 50, 50 split though. What happens when you disagree? Would you flip a coin? <laughs> yeah. My dad said that to me. He's like, never, never own a business with just one other person. Cause what do you do when you don't agree? Right. Um, you know, we haven't, uh, I don't know. We, we, we battle it out until someone wins. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very good. How about this? How about this question? Advice for people that find themselves in the CEO chair, all of a sudden they had an idea, they started a business and then they look up from their desk and they're like, Oh shit, I got 15 employees. I got to learn how to be a CEO today. Any advice for them? Um, I would say, set some really good goals for yourself and remain laser focused on, uh, you know, doing one thing that, that you're, you set out to do for the business. So don't try not to get caught chasing every opportunity and really focus on your business, your core business. It is difficult, right? You want to say yes to everything. Cause when you own a business, everybody's talking to you saying, Oh, you should try this. Oh, you should do this. Oh, I, you know, everybody wants to give, give you a bunch of advice, right? And it could send you down all these different paths if you're not careful, right? You gotta, you gotta be careful and just execute at what you're good at. I really believe that too. That's all those advisors yeah. and those, some of well, you don't have any more investors now, but I'm sure you have family members and people telling you, Oh, you guys should also try this. Right. Oh yeah. Everyone's got a, an idea and they're, you know, a lot of them are great ideas, but they're just sort of distractions from the core thing you're trying to get really good at. That's really good advice for the listeners, for any aspiring entrepreneurs, right? Don't let it be a distraction. Just focus on what you're good at and do it really well. And you'll probably be just fine. Yep. Okay, uh, moving towards wrap up, Aaron, uh, let me ask you at this stage in your life, and you got three boys at home, uh, 
so I'm going to ha- ask you to separate this from family. So not, not including family. What is Aaron's core purpose in life? What, what, why is he living on this planet? What's his core purpose here? Um, <laughs> my core purpose, I would say, uh, my core business purpose is really to, uh, figure out how to improve the way people travel. That's what we're focusing on. Well, it sounds like you're doing that already. Well, well, we just got to get more people to ship their luggage. And I think, I think we'll get closer to that, but yeah. Interesting. It's interesting what you mentioned about the behavioral stuff. It it is so hard to get somebody to change their behaviors. Isn't it? I mean, it's just human nature. We just all hate change. It's very difficult. It's slow going to get them to change that. Yep. Yeah. Well, so hopefully, I mean, it's interesting, but I think, you know, this whole pandemic has started to sort of fuel mm-hmm. some change. So hopefully that momentum keeps going. You know, I've been telling all of my business buddies that own, that own businesses, I've been telling them for years, I'm like, listen, you should have, you should hire more remote employees. It's okay. You can hire remote employees. They, they, they can do a good job. You don't have to have everybody in the office. They fought me on it for years. And then now here we are. <laughs> now, yeah, now, I, they're, I now they're open I mean, to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta embrace it now. Cause, uh, if yeah. you could, if you could last question, if you could call that young man coming out of Boston university in 2000 and tell him anything and have a conversation with him on graduation day, knowing what you know now, what would you tell him? Um, I would tell him to, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'd probably tell him the same thing I said before, which is like, you know, build, build some systems and processes in, in your business so that you can, so it's easier to delegate. That's um, what, yep. That way you can grow it. Right. That way, unless, yeah. If not, you're just going to do everything yourself or you're going to try to scale it and it's going to be messy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do everything yourself. Um, no. After no. a point, you know, it, that's exactly right. Well, congratulations on what you've built so far. Thank you very much. I love it. I love it. Now, do I get like an extra discount because you've been on the Riderflex podcast? Is there like a code you need to email me or something? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we can we can we can hook you up with a code. Yes, for sure. Uh, I, I'm just joking you. Aaron, thank you for being on the Riderflex podcast. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Steve. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button. If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to hit that little bell next to the subscribe button so you can be notified when we release a new episode. Our show features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get information on the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.